Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Good morning, Shavua Tov. You know, we're going to start off with our mitzvahs bright and early today. Uh, last week, uh, my coffee got cold by the end of the show. So I decided this week we're going to make sure to remember right in the beginning to say our morning prayers to thank God for everything we have in our lives. So let's begin. Grab a yarmulke, put it on your head. Let's do what we do in the morning as soon as we wake up and we thank Hashem for returning our soul for a new day, for a new week. Here we go. Mode Ani Lefanecha Melech Chai Vikayam Shehechazarta B Nishmasi Bechemla, Rabba, Emuna Secha. And now let's say the special blessing that we say before studying any Torah. We thank God for choosing us and for giving us the Torah. Baruch Adinai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Bachar Banu Mikol Ha'amim Benasan Lanu Es Torah So Baruch Ata Adenai No Sein HaTorah And now let's uh, cover our eyes with our right hand and we'll say the Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuso Le'olam va'ed. You have a coin. I got my bat, my uh, bucket of coins sitting on my desk. It's not a bucket, it's a, it's a bowl. And I got a pushka here. And we'll take a coin, put it in the pushka. By now, you'd all, you all should have a pushka because over the years, I offered anyone who needs a pushka uh, should reach out to me. And a lot of you have, and I got you a pushka. But if there's still anyone out there that doesn't have a pushka, let me know. I'll get you a, a pushka free of charge. I'll even have it delivered to your house free of charge. And now, if you have a coffee or any drink, let's say the bracha on a drink together. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shehakol Nihiya Bidvaro Ah, it's nice to have a warm drink on a Sunday morning. Although I mentioned this in my weekly email uh, before Shabbos, I feel it's really uh, pertinent to reiterate a number of the points. And that is, there are, unfortunately, with this new uh, uh, variant, a number of people who aren't well. Baruch Hashem, at least from the people that I've been in contact to with, people have gotten um, 
slightly slick or a little more, and are Baruch Hashem doing a lot better since uh, they got sick. And as I've been hearing on the news, this spike will, Emir Tashem, come down this week already. They're saying the first week of, of uh, January, they expect the spike uh, to come down. And I, and I, I want to make sure that everyone is uh, doing well. If you're not, if, you're, if you've gotten sick, if you know someone who's sick, please uh, email me, rabbi at jewishma.com. Email me so that we can uh, be in touch. Firstly, I want to know how you're doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if we're able to send you a Chabad Cares package of love, we'd love to do that too. Whether it's some chicken soup or um, challah, whatever it is, any way we can be there of assistance. If you need some uh, something picked up from a store, stop and shop uh, from from uh, CVS, whatever it is, please get in touch with us. We have volunteers, um, and uh, I'm one of those volunteers. So so if there's some way we can help you, please get get in touch with us. Even if not, even if you abs- need absolutely nothing, just knowing how you're doing would uh, be a big help. Um, additionally, in the email I sent, I, I put in um, a link where you can, you're sitting at home, you don't have much to do. You already checked out everything you need to check out, all the news sites, and you checked out all the YouTubes and everything you need to check out. It's time just to recite some Tehillim, some words from King David, words of comfort, words of, of healing. So I, I, I put a link in my email. If you want that link, if you can't find the email, just uh, send me an email and I'll send you the link that has the special psalms to say, not just when someone is sick, whether you, or, or if you know someone who's sick, but even just to find solace. The book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms, is filled with King David's um, words of hope, healing, solace, and more importantly, or most importantly, words of joy. The other thing I wanted to mention it's really, really important. You know, the fiscal year came to an end. Our hearts are warmed by uh, all the many people who came, came uh, out of the woodworks to, to uh, assist and help. You know, the last 12 months, as, as, you know, as hard as they were, they were filled with, with challenges that many people never expected in their lifetime. And yet, in the same 12 months, We've seen some resounding success in so many ways, despite the challenges. And maybe, maybe as we talked about last week, because of the challenges, we've had some tremendous growth in which more people than ever have been impacted. More people than ever have been assisted and inspired or simply touched by the myriad of of programs that Chabad has put on during this year, um, cognizant of the challenges, and, and as most recently, looking at Hanukkah, the success, and when I say success, the numbers of people that have been able to publicly celebrate and have shown their joy and, and excitement in being part of the community, the greater Jewish community in Metro West and beyond, just to be able to celebrate as a Jew was a really, really beautiful thing. And none of that could have happened without the encouragement and support that came from so many of you. I was looking through our, uh, our books, our, our uh, management, uh, office management books, and I noticed how many people, just the sheer number of people that have donated in 2021, and it's an interesting number. The numbers, can you imagine, 358 individual donors. Some have given $10 and some have given $10,000. And it was the collective power of these donations which brought about the success that we had as a community. So I, I thank you all for being part of that. Not just those who took part in the year-end campaign, but those who took part throughout the year. There are those who are part of the Chabad Club who give a minimum amount of money 
throughout the year. There are those who are part of the Chai Club who are giving monthly donations every single month. Some as you know, smaller donations, $18, $28, some $150, $360 each and every month, which makes a huge difference knowing that we have this income coming in and we know we can plan the programs that we want to because we know we can rely on you for being there. And besides all those that have donated financial assistance to the community, I have to thank the dozens of volunteers who gave of their time, their resources, their energy, their, their good ideas to help us, to advise us. We have so many needs in the community at any given time. How much more so during these special times that we need these volunteers. And, and sometimes it's just some advice, where to, where to get the right electrician and where to find the right um, 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 cleaning crew or where to buy the, the, the best, uh, you know, um, nosh for an event or picking it up or, or dropping off packages every, every week before Shabbos. There's so many pieces to make a community work. And therefore, we're thankful for the, the donations and we're thankful for the volunteers and we're thankful for the advice and for those who are there at any time, just knowing that if something needs to be done in the community, there's a, a whole group of people that I know I can just pick up the phone or send a text and boom, they're, they're out the door, they're going to do whatever needs to be done, whether it's picking up something in a store and dropping it off in someone's house who's, um, who, who is, who's uh, in quarantine or joining a minion for someone who needs to say Kaddish or a minion for someone who passed away and there's no minion to be there at the funeral. So the volunteers and those who are there to give of themselves are equally important and we thank you for that. Listen, these challenges that we're going through, I know they, sat, they seem like they're insurmountable. They seem like they're going on and on and on. But the real truth is, they're also getting better and better. And in, in a short time, all of this is going to be just a bad nightmare. And the challenges will be a bad nightmare. But what we have accomplished during this time, and as I said before, not despite the challenges, but because of the challenges, those will remain with us. All those new programs we've began are not going to stop. You know, Whoever heard of Zoom before Corona? And now it has allowed us to expand our classes to double and triple, not just the number of classes, but the number of attendees at our classes. Because before we had classes in person and that was it. We never had virtual classes. Then Corona came and we started virtual classes on Zoom. And then now... When we're back in person, we're doing hybrid classes. So now people who want to come in person are coming in person. And people who want to sit at home can sit at home. And you can have a hybrid of that too. Sometimes you come in person, sometimes you stay at home. So these programs, so the, the challenges are going to disappear. I, 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 I'm sure within, within the next couple of months, we'll look back and say, wow, I can't believe that for two years we went through all of this. But the positive things that we were able to accomplish and the new things that we started doing, that will stay with us for a very, very long time. I think forever. And it's really all because of you, those who are part of our community. It's the efforts that you put into the community to make it what it is. Can you imagine on, on, on December 25th, Saturday night, December 25th, a Jew needs to say Kaddish. You know, everyone's out of town. They're there, they're here, they're everywhere. Didn't matter. Our community came together to make a minion. Less than an hour after Shabbos, everyone came together. Because we are a community. And without each and every one of you as part of it, we're not a community. I've, I used to have that little uh, thing where you have the word community and the letter U is missing. And it says community without the U. And then afterwards it says, without you, we're not a community. 
And that's indeed what we are. And every time we have a challenge, I see that more and more. How so many people are so ready to put themselves on, their, on the side for other people. So thank you to everyone for being there for us, for the community, financially, volunteering, in every which way. We need you and we thank you. Earlier, as we do every week, we said the Shema prayer. Now, what we, when we say Shema on our show, we do only the first two verses. But in real truth, Shema is made up of three paragraphs. And a person should attempt to say all three paragraphs every day, a minimum of two times, once in the morning and then once in the evening before we go to sleep. Once during the morning, I, you know, after daybreak, and once in the evening after nightfall. Obviously, someone who prays three times a day gets to say the Shema more than two times a day. But the minimum is twice a day. The Shema is the quintessential prayer of our heritage, of Judaism. It's the prayer, as I said, we say it twice a day, but the reason for that is because it has within it the most important aspects of what Judaism is all about. It talks about God's unity, that everything in the world is one with God, Hashem Echad, that God is one, that not that there's one God. Obviously there's one God. We don't believe in idols and all the other Meshagas that makes up different gods, so to speak, as we talked about Egypt in the last couple of weeks. But that everything is unified and one with God. So the whole prayer of Shema is an important prayer. And we know that during the worst of times for the Jewish people, at the lips of every single Jew were the words of the Shema. I have a recording of a great, two short great stories I'm going to play for you shortly. But I want to first jump into one of the aspects of the Shema, and that's the mitzvah of tzitzis. Most of you know it as the, as the mitzvah of talit or talis. In many communities, um, a, a boy will start wearing a talis. That's the big shawl with the fringes that hang out at the side. The fringes are called tzitzis in uh, Hebrew. They wear that after they get married. And in some communities, they start wearing a talis after a boy becomes a bar mitzvah. Either way, there's a, a mitzvah to wear a smaller uh, clothing, not a shawl that wraps you on top, but rather a, a one that you wear on your body, and it's, it's got four corners, and it has the tzitzis, the fringes, hanging out the side. And we typically refer to that, <coughs> to that cloth as simply with the word tzitzis. And it's a mitzvah, and, and, and in the Shema it talks about it, and it tells us that the tzitzis reminds us of God's commandments. Just by having them. So you notice, a, a, you know, a traditional uh, a Jewish boy will have those tzitzis hanging out the sides of his, uh, of, his, of his waist. They'll be hanging out, the little tzitzis hanging out. How do the tzitzis remind us of all of God's commandments? Do you remember how many commandments we have? I know you know this. Please tell me, you, you didn't just say Ten Commandments, right? Yeah, yeah, God gave us Ten Commandments, but that was the, f the first Ten Commandments He gave us at Mount Sinai. Those were like the top ten. But God gave us actually 613 commandments. So when you look at your tzitzis, first of all, the word tzitzis is made up of five letters. The letters, you can say it along with me. I'm sure you know these letters. The letter tzaddik, yud, tzaddik, yud, and then a suf. And as you may know, and if you don't, I'm going to teach it to you, numerology and Kabbalah, every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value. It equals a certain number. So the five letters, tzaddik equals 90, and I want you to please go along with me and uh, do the math. You know, I'm not that great in math. I need your help over here. So tzaddik, the first tzaddik is 90, 
and then the Yud is 10. You calculate 90, 10. Then we got it a second time, Tzadik Yud, because it's twice. We get again 90 and 10. And then the letter Suf, which is 400. What number are we holding? 100, 100, 400, 600. And then in every corner of our tzitzis, and the same goes for our talis or talit, every corner has eight strings that are hanging low. And then we have five knots. There are five knots that make up the first part and then eight strings that hang out afterwards. Five and eight is 13. And there you got it. The letters... And the strings equal 613. And when we look at them, as it says in the Shema, Uri'isem Oso, and you should look at them, at that time, we remember the 613 commandments that God gave us. So even if we're not at the point yet where we're doing all of the commandments, we'll get there. But we may not be there yet. Nonetheless, just wearing tzitzis, or when we put our talis on and we look at those strings, we're connecting with God in 613 different connection points. Can you imagine if we have one connection point? You know, we put a coin in the pushka. What if we have two connection points? We also lit Shabbos candles. Or three connection points we put on tefillin. Whatever it is, the more connection points we have, the stronger the connection is. So when we put on our tzitzis or our talis and we realize that at that moment we're connecting with 613 different connection points, that's a connection that isn't possible to break. So one of the programs that Chabad has is known as C-Teens, you know, because obviously we have Hebrew School, which is part of the C-Kids program, the Chabad Kids program. C-Teens is a program for Chabad teens, teenagers that are ready quote-unquote, graduated from Hebrew school and now want to continue doing um, or connecting with Judaism. So we have, Chabad has a C-teen program. And every year, uh, C-teens, one of the programs is getting together for a Shabbaton in New York City. It's, it's one of the most awesome things. I've, I've posted the link because we show it live when, when they come to, to um, um, Times Square on Saturday night, Motzai Shabbos and they make Avdallah and, and, and the, the music and the dancing and the joy is, is unbelievable to watch. Thousands of Jewish teenagers standing in the, in, in the streets of New York and proudly displaying the Yiddishkeit. So it's going to come up in February. It's going to be the C-Teen Shabbaton in New York. Um, and and they, they made a song, a great song about tzitzis and how the tzitzis reminds us of our Yiddishkeit and our mitzvahs. So, so I, I, I pasted, uh, copy-pasted, I pasted the, the text, the lyrics of this song in the email I sent earlier today. So you can go back there if you want to look at the uh, words and sing along. Go back to the email. I'll give you a few seconds. Go back to the email so you can sing along with us this great song about tzitzis, Hang Them Low, because we hang the tzitzis out the sides, and um, it reminds us of what it means to be a proud Yid, a proud Jew. These strings are going viral. They're mentioned in the Bible. Tzitzis is their hypnase. So epic is their game. Recite their daily blessing right at the start of praying. Oh, what an awesome way to start my everyday. Uniform is what they are to be noticed from afar. We are so very proud, our tits are so loud. From side to side they're swinging, awareness they are bringing. Tits always in sight by day and by night. Hang them low, hang your tits low. Hang them low, hang your tits low. Hang them low, hang your tits low. Hang them low, and let them Jew, I'll always be. When a stranger gives us fear, I really could.
I mentioned that Shema has been on the lips of Jews in every situation throughout our history, a very, very long and illustrious history in good times and unfortunately Lahavdil also in terrible times. There's also another verse. It's actually not a verse from the Torah. It's a verse or a saying from the Rambam, Maimonides. Maimonides tells us, after going through the entire Torah, he says that there are 13 principles of faith. There are 13 main ideas that every single Jew is supposed to believe in. Obviously, the belief in one God, etc. One of those 13 principles of faith is animamin, I believe. Each one of the principles, as the Rambam writes them, starts with the word animamin, I believe. There are many people who read these uh, 13 principles of faith every day to remind them what the Jewish faith is all about. And one of them is animamin, I believe, be'emun shlema with complete faith, be'vias ha-Mashiach, the coming of Mashiach. And these words were on the lips of many, both in, in, in great times and unfortunately also in really, really bad, challenging times and terrible times. Famously, um, during the Holocaust, no matter what the situation was, Jewish people would say the words animamin. There's a beautiful, beautiful slow song of animamin, I believe, which was composed by a uh, composer. You know what? I don't want to tell you the story because I have a recording of uh, my colleague from Montreal, Rabbi Zusha Zilberstein. I, I call him my colleague, but he's, he's a giant both in age, he's, he's old enough to be my father, but he's also a giant in, in, in Torah and in, in, in brilliance and in his, his um, shliach, as a shliach, etc. A great, great shliach in, in Montreal. And he tells two short stories about faith at the door of the crematorium. And it's connected to the parsha that we read yesterday in Shul. Because when Moshe was told, Moses was told to go to tell the Jewish people that um, God has remembered them and is going to be taking them out of Egypt. Moses said, but what if they don't believe me? You know, they've been, they've been through hundreds of years of, of torment and torture and, 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 and abuse. And I'm going to come along and I'm going to tell them, oh, there's a God and God has remembered you and he's going to take you out of Egypt. They're not going to believe me. And obviously, God tells them, of course they're going to believe you. They're Jews, and Jews are filled with faith. And no matter what they're going through, a Jew always has faith. As is the saying of our sages, a Jew is a believer and a descendant of believers. So of course they're going to believe you. He uses the term, that they will believe in you, in Moses himself. Because Moses, being the ultimate servant of God, is they believed in Moses just like they believed in God. So he has a great story about how a tune for Animamin came about. So I'm going to play the story. It's two short stories. And, and then I will play the song Animamin that he talks about, the one that was, was composed on the trains, in the cars of the trains on the way to the crematoriums. And this song was sung at one of our recent... Kinnus HaShluchim, the conference of the Rebbe Shluchim in New York a number of years ago. It was sung, it was, the music was played by the band of Remy G. And the song was sung by the famous Benny. We have Benny on our show all the time. Along with uh, Eli Marcus and Nemuel Harosh. So en enjoy this very, very soul-stirring story followed by the soul-stirring uh, song. You can sing along if you know the words. When Moshe Rabbeinu asked God, you're sending me on a mission to, to free the Jewish people from Egypt. How will they believe? And God said, I'll give you a sign. But God said, They will always believe in you. Don't worry. Jews have faith. And indeed, throughout Jewish history, 
we never lost faith. That faith that we inherited from our ancestors, from Avraham Avinu, in the most difficult of times, we never lost it. When the Jews in Europe were herded into the cattle cars on the way to Auschwitz or other concentration camps, they didn't lose faith. A phenomenal story is told about a chassid of the Mojitzer Rebbe, Rebbe Azril, David Fastak was his name, who was a very gifted composer, composed many Hasidic tunes. As he is in this train, squeezed among the mass of humanity, of whom the Germans in Machshmoy tried to eradicate their humanity and they never lost it. Suddenly he sees himself standing in the shul of his Rebbe, the Bajitzer Rebbe. And he sees in front of him floating the words, Animamin Bemunashlema Bevisa Mashiach, Rambam's words, I have full faith in the coming of Mashiach. And suddenly a tune comes to him. And he starts humming it. The famous Animamin. As he's humming, the people around him hum along. And the voices rise. And he's singing. In no time, the entire train singing the song of Animamin. Rabbi Israel wakes up from this trance and he says, anyone who promised me that he will bring that song to the Rebbe, the Majitzer Rebbe, I give him half of my world to come. Two young men said, they do it. They succeeded in breaking open a little bit the roof of the train, of the wagon. They jumped out. Unfortunately, one was killed on the spot, but the other one somehow miraculously managed. And the song came to the Majitzer Rebbe and he said, when the Jews sang that song, all the angels in heaven sang along with them. Why am I saying this story? First of all, because it's a partial faith. But this Shabbos is my grandmother's Yorzeit. Freyde Basreb Moshe HaKoyen survived the Holocaust, experienced a number of concentration camps. Never spoke much about it, but one story that she did tell me. She was already selected to go into the crematorium. She already stood in line. And miraculously, even the German punctuality machine malfunctioned. And there was a group of women who didn't make it into the, what they called the showers. And the women knew exactly what it was. As she said, we saw the black smoke coming out from the chimney. So while the day was finished, five o'clock, and employees, and for them it was just a job, killing Jewish people, murdering, cremating them, a job. They had to go home, so they told the women that was left in line, since you spent already the whole day waiting in line, tomorrow you're gonna have the privilege of being the first, and you won't have to wait in line. I asked my grandmother, that night, that night, when you knew that the next morning you're all going straight to the crematorium, what did you do? And she said, what we did, we sang that song of Animani, we didn't give up hope. Miraculously she survived, and she was here to tell us the story. Unfortunately, not all of them, but she did. Animamin. Never should we, can we, will we lose our faith. Vaero, if see, is the Pasha. See that faith, see the truth, see the redemption. How? In the words of Moshe Rabbeinu. Through the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes and says to the people, I'm here to free you, they saw it. Their belief was so powerful, they reacted upon it. So my friends, now we have heard, we have seen the Rebbe tell us that we are at the threshold of redemption. We already start seeing sparks of redemption. So it is for us to strengthen ourselves in that faith, as it says, in the merit of faith, we will 
freed from Egypt and we will be freed in the merit of the pious women that expressed their faith in full confidence. We were freed then, we are going to be free today. And let allow this faith translate itself into concrete action such as what? Loving your fellow Jew. When we really believe in God, we know that every Jew is my brother and I love him. Unconditional. And it is this love and this emunah which will bring us to see Moshiach in the Beis Amikdash. beautiful the song was beautiful but you know what we can't leave it at that because animamin i have i have faith and i believe in the coming of mashiach is not just one of ch- during challenge during times when we have no choice but the truth is our belief and our faith that mashiach is going to come right away is one of joy and celebration and the famous Mashiach song that we sing at Simchas Torah, and we sing in times of joy and happiness with MBD. Now that's excitement for the future, for the coming of Mashiach immediately. Ani, ani, mami. Ani, mami. 
As we are still enjoying the songs, and you know, one of the upsides of no Hebrew school today is that I have Chani at my side, and Chani takes part in a program called Tzivas Hashem. Tzivas Hashem literally means the army of Hashem, God's army. And the first time we see the concept of God's army is when the Jewish people were in Egypt and coming out of Egypt, they were like an army a legion that did everything that God wanted of them. So um, she's part of this program, and, and Jewish children all over the world should be, if they're not, should be part of this Tzivus Hashem program. And it includes, as any army would, includes missions, and as you do the missions, you move up in, in rank. And Khani, what, what rank are you currently? Sergeant Major. Sergeant Major. She started off as a, what was it, a private? Yeah. And now, after doing all these missions, you know, they include giving tzedakah, you know, praying every day, doing mitzvahs, helping people, um, lighting Shabbos candles, studying the uh, special mitzvahs as they are written by Maimonides in the book of mitzvahs. Um, there's a whole bunch of different uh, saying Shema, right? You have to say Shema in the morning, say Shema at night. There's a whole bunch of different um, categories in the missions. And when they do these missions, and, and then she goes with with mommy on the uh, the Tzivus Hashem app, and they can check off the missions they do, that she does, and then uh, moves up in rank. And we have this program in our in our Hebrew school as well. Um, but any child, any child under the age of Bar and Bat Mitzvah could be part of this Tzivus Hashem program, and we strongly encourage you to sign up, register uh, for this program. If you want more information, please uh, reach out to myself or to Rachi, and we'll give you information on how to sign up your children or grandchildren to this special uh, army. Talking about the army, there's one more thing that you can sign up your children or grandchildren for, and that is there's a special Sefer Torah, a Torah scroll that's being written right now. It's being written in the Holy Land of Israel in Yerushalayim, within the, the city walls of what we know as the Old City of Yerushalayim, the main city, the city where the temple once stood, where currently there's the Temple Mount and the uh, Western Wall, and they write a Torah. And every child, it's a Torah written just for Jewish children, and every Jewish child can have a letter in the Torah. And it's not even expensive. All it costs is one dollar. One dollar. And you can register your child or grandchild to have a letter in this Torah. And again, if you want to take part in this, you'll get a beautiful certificate, which you can hang on the wall. Chani has her certificate hanging right next to her bed. And you can have that as well, um, a certificate for your child or grandchild with a letter in the Torah scroll that unifies all the Jewish children around the entire world. Again, reach out to myself or to Rachi, rabbi at jewishma.com, and I can help you uh, with registering your child or grandchild. And like I said, it's $1 and you'll they'll have a part in that Torah scroll. So one of the missions that Chani has is uh, singing a nice Hasidic song each week. And she does that by our Shabbos table. Um, and this week we didn't have any guests this Shabbos. So she was nice enough to offer to sing the song on our uh, Shmooz, Sunday Shmooz program. 
And the song is a song that many of you, if you've ever been to Chabad, you know this song. It's a song that talks about the Jewish people that spread forth, not just spread forth, but burst forth around the entire world, to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. And of course, that's the song of Ufa Ratzda. Chani, take it away. Ufa Ratzda, Ufa Ratzda, Ufa Ratzda, Ufa Ratzda, Yama Vakeima, Tzafayna Vanegba. Hey, Ufa Ratzda, Yama Vakeima, Ufa Ratzda, Tzafayna Vanegba. That was beautiful. I was already standing up to dance. I was jumping around in my seat. We got to dance. Such a beautiful song. I love when we sing that song every time after we finish benching. And thank you, Khani, for uh, entertaining us on this show. I think this is going to be the hit of the show. When I get the comments at the end of the show, you know, people are really kind and they send me comments, you know, positive, uh, what do they call them? Constructive criticism. You know, tell me where I messed up, what I forgot to say, what I said I was going to do and I don't do. So I really appreciate it. And you shouldn't stop. I really want to send me your uh, comments and criticisms um, as well. But I know that this is going to be a big one because everyone loves when Khani uh, entertains us on the show. So thank you very much, Khanala. Talking about things that I say I'm going to talk about but don't talk about. I know I, in my email I said I was going to talk about the Kabbalah of the vaccine. I know it's a hot topic. The vaccine is a hot topic. The Kabbalah of the vaccine is definitely a hot topic. But we're going to have to wait till next week. Because I want to tell you something else. And I'm not going to have time to also tell you about the Kabbalah of the vaccine. You know, as a Chabad rabbi... I sometimes stand up there at the podium on Shabbos and I look at the crowd and I'm in awe at those who come to services. Why am I in awe? It's, you know, one might say because the sermons are long and boring and therefore when they come, it's really, I'm proud of them for coming. But the truth is, I try to keep the sermons as short as possible and interesting, if I may say so myself. In fact, I usually don't give a sermon during the service. I give one a l'chaim with a short vart on the parasha. Vart is the Yiddish word for the day brought to you by Kate's Financial Services. A vart means, it literally means a word. But a vart is used for a short uh, explanation on something from the Torah. So during the, during the service, we typically have uh, our Marty, uh, Marty Lamb, who, who gives a, a synopsis of the uh, Torah portion, and of course a joke along with it. So, so uh, it's not that they come for the bo- and they sit through boring services. And it's not even because the Kiddush is not good. On the contrary, the Kiddush is one of the best Kiddushes in, uh, I would say, the East Coast, but probably in the whole entire country. There are people from our Chabad house that go to other uh, communities, you know, whether it's in Florida or in uh, North Carolina or in um, 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 California, and they see the Kiddushes there, and it doesn't compare. The Kiddush, Shashul Rachi puts together a Kiddush, as we say another Yiddish saying of the day, Tzuzingin und Tzuzagin. literally means to sing and to say, but to sing the praises. I mean, the Kiddush is awesome. So it's obviously, I'm not in awe of people coming to our shul because the Kiddush is not good, because the Chalent, did you taste the Chalent this week? We had a Chalent this week, which was unbelievable. The Chalent was, of course, a regular, typical meat stew. But in the meat stew, we also had um, some delicious um, um, smoked uh, meat. Smoked meat. Our, our, my dear brother-in-law, Yaska, smoked some delicious meat for us, and we put it in the Chalent. It was out of this world. So why am I in awe of our amazing community of the people who come to Shul on Shabbos? Because the majority of the services are read and are held in Hebrew. And many, if not most, of our congregants 
don't even understand Hebrew. Yes, we have these beautiful Hebrew-English Sidurim prayer books, and we announce the page numbers. We have great page number announcers throughout the service. So everyone is on the same page if they want to be. Yet I'm sure that it's not so easy to sit through an entire prayer without understanding one word that's being said, the Hebrew words in the prayer. And this is why I'm in awe of the people who come on Shabbos. Despite that challenge, they come, they show, they show up, and they participate in the songs, and they read it in English, and they participate as much as they possibly can. Often, I find that some Jews who don't read Hebrew might feel second-class citizens. They feel, oh, everyone else understands. I don't understand Hebrew, so therefore I, I don't know if I could take part, but it's not true because a big number of the people who come to Shul don't understand Hebrew. It's as if being able to pray and study Torah in its original language means that you're somehow of a, a better Jew because you understand it in that language. For those of you who might feel this way, here's a beautiful fact. You know, tonight is Rosh Chodesh. It's the new month, the beginning of the month of Shvat. Exactly 3,294 years ago, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, tonight and tomorrow, Moses stood in front of the Jewish people in the desert and he translated the Torah to 70 languages. What are those 70 languages? Those were the 70 languages which were spoken at that time. There were 70 languages. Now there's many more than that. But then there were 70 languages. If I were to guess, I'm going to bet that nobody, or maybe most for sure, of the people in the desert were not multilingual. They didn't speak more than the language of Hebrew. Maybe they spoke some Egyptian. In other words... The entire Jewish people were just standing there listening to Moses speaking in languages that they didn't understand. And then he did it again, and he did it again in another language, and in another language for a total of 70 times. What was the purpose? What was the gain in Moshe doing this, saying it over and over in different languages? The Rebbe explains that Moses wanted to imbue the languages, the translations, with the special holiness of Torah. If he taught the Torah only in Hebrew, then the translations might have been considered a foreign element, something that's not holy. It's a translation of the Torah. It's not the Torah. By being the first ever to give a translation to the Torah, Moshe was sending a clear message. Even if you don't read Hebrew, the Torah that you learn, the prayers that you say are still holy. It's the same Torah, it's the same prayers, no matter what language that you can understand it in. Now, no doubt, learning Hebrew has its benefits. Being able to to read the Torah in the language given by God has a lot of value. But never feel second class or demoralized by the lack of your Hebrew knowledge. So as we're going to go now to Rosh Chodesh, tonight is Rosh Chodesh, Shvat, the first day of the new month of Shvat. And it's on this day, 3,000 plus years ago, that Moses translated the Torah. This day will forever be remembered in history as the day when the message was loud and clear. That regardless of your language, regardless of the way you understand and read, the Torah is yours. It's yours forever. And that's why even though the prayers, the Chazan is going to read the prayers in Hebrew, the Shul is yours. The prayers are yours, and the Torah that we study and the Torah that we read in Shul is yours too. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited that you spent your Sunday morning with me. I wish you a great week ahead. Bona semana.
if I said that correctly, Masha and Judy, you're going to have to let me know. If I said that correctly, that is in, in uh, Spanish Yiddish. Have a good week. And remember, your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one. L'chaim! You've been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom.